Welcome to the She Built This podcast, where we are sharing the stories of professionals and entrepreneurs who are on a mission to create the new norm by following their dreams and making them a reality. I'm your host, Emily Aborn, and together we are inspiring, growing, and giving you the tools you need to bring ideas to life so you can build whatever this means for you. Wednesday, if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, of course. And if not, then happy whatever day it is for you. Today, we are going to have some fun, just you and me. Um, But before we dive into the topic du jour, you know how I always like to tell a fun story about either what's been going on in my world or what brought me to talk about today's topic. So I would be remiss if I didn't start off the episode with a story time about both. As I mentioned at the beginning of last week's episode with Kendra Kearney, my husband Jason and I went to, uh, we went up to Maine last week. Now, to give you some background, um, I was born and raised in Maine the first eight years of my life, and my mom, two of my brothers, my sister-in-law, my cute-as-a-button niece, many of my aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, I'm not going to list all the family members, but anyway, suffice it to say, lots of my family still live up there, or do live up there. And some more background for me, uh, for us, is that it's kind of rare for Jason and I to be able to do things together like this, especially in the middle of the week and especially in the summer because he owns a paint company and the summer is his busiest season. Um, When we go away, our dog, Clyde, does not travel with us and we also don't board with him because he's... He's a fellow that needs his people and his routine, and um, he just does not love or do well with boarding. So we're the kind of people that want to make sure that our dog lives literally his best life possible, so we get a house sitter or dog sitter. Um, And then, like I said, summer is uh, Jason's busy season, and if it is during the week, then we both need to just kind of like coordinate with the responsibilities and the planning. Um, Together, we have three combined businesses. So we just like to make sure that, you know, we have all of our ducks in a row so we can take time off together. I would say on average, we get like one quality trip together in the summer. uh, And we even sometimes sort of break that up a little bit. And then we also get one in the winter. Maine is like super, super close. So, you know, usually during uh, several times during the year, I just kind of pop the two and a half hours up and then pop back when I can. Anyway, all that to explain, Jason and I have not been to Maine together in a while. And actually, as we were thinking about it, I think the the last time we went together was in 2016 when my little brother got married. Um, granted, two and a half, you know, now almost three, I think, of the time was the time of love and cholera, aka coronavirus. So traveling wasn't really in the cards for us in general, but it still had been a while. Um, it had also been a while since a lot of my member of the members of my family would all be together. I actually think that the last time I saw some of them was also at my brother's wedding. Um, and then one last little bit of backstory here, just to like paint the picture of what's going on. Uh, one little bit of backstory: my grampy Ray. I mean, I really believe that he is like some of where I got my entrepreneurial spirit. He owns a market up there called the Vegetable Corner, which he has owned for 34 years. Think like a fruit and veggie stand meets a deli meets a um, 
you know, some of your basic supplies, meets a bakery, like it is the hot spot to go up there. It is like the only place on the peninsula to go to shop. And it's been a very busy, successful little store. Um, He and my Nana, however, are getting up there in age and they're getting ready to actually close the store. And they're also getting ready to celebrate their 60th anniversary in just a couple of days. So all this to say, it was a big deal for us all to get together at this time. And when we got up there, it was a whirlwind. I wanted to be sure, like when we were planning for the trip and getting ready for the trip, I wanted to be sure that we got to see everyone, did everything I wanted us to do together, had fun, and just like make sure we squeeze everything in. So before leaving, I was like trying to plan it all out so that we could do that, where we'd go, who, what, where we'd go after that, what we would do this day, what we would do that day, who we'd make sure to call out just like one-on-one time with and who we would spend time with in groups and how and when and where. Now, one thing you should also know is that when, when we go up there with my family, plans change on a dime. In fact, I'm pretty sure that that's like all the plan ever does is change, which is hilarious that I am the offspring of that considering my need for like structure and a plan and a system and like knowing what's happening. So what ended up happening was that uh, some folks came up. We didn't know we we're going to be up. So we had to pivot a little bit there and spend time with them. And then my grandparents ended up hosting a little impromptu party at their house, which brought most everyone in the family together. But there were some people who couldn't make it and we had intended to see them, um, but they didn't end up coming to the, the get together. And so because of that, it didn't work out that we got to see everyone and do everything that I had wanted and intended us to. Now, one thing I felt bubbling up for me during all of this is that while I love making a reliable and a dependable plan, I also cannot stand my options to be limited. I don't like making a choice that like eliminates the other choices. I want to just keep things open and and open to possibilities. And like, I also tend to really like everybody and kind of see things, see opportunities like kind of equally. Like I'm like, I just want to do all the things and I don't want to be locked into one thing or another. Now, if you know anything about the Enneagram, I think that this trip, interestingly enough, um, brought out the seven in me for sure. Like I had, I don't know if you remember or if you listened, but I'll make sure to include the episode in the show notes. Um, I had Christina Granahan on my show a while back talking about the Enneagram, and I will most definitely be doing another conversation around this soon because it's just one I find so fascinating indeed. But suffice it to say, we all have all the types in us. And this is definitely where my type seven was just like shining. And I think sometimes I can be like this in my business too. Maybe you can relate, you know, like you want to do all the things, you want to try all the formulas, you want to download all the opt-ins, be part of all the groups, get all in on all the workshops and worksheets and guides. But at the end of the day, there's only so much of you to go around. There's only so much time. There's only so much energy and only so much attention that you can pour into a day and into what you're doing. And so you have to make choices. 
Now, recently, I watched a fellow She Built This member go through this uh, decision-making process, an elimination process, let's call it, in looking for a service provider. So she's doing a full-on rebrand, and she needs a website and a logo design and a brand and website copy and photos, and I'm sure there's a lot of other components that I'm missing to pull this all together. So at one point, I think she faced five or six great options on uh, who would do the website copy and had to kind of like decide between all of them as to who would be the best fit for the job. And here's where the questions ensue. Am I right? Like either it's related to a past experience that you had, or maybe it's related to just having no experience in this at all. But like you start to ask yourself when you're choosing a service provider, are these people going to be able to need or do what I need them to do? How will the experience with them be? What if they let me down? It's just like all of these things that go through our mind when we're getting ready to make these decisions. We just don't want to miss out. We don't want to lose out on the best possible option for ourselves. I'm also going through this myself with some things in my own business. So I wanted to bring it up about how we choose a service provider, who's the best person for the job, and like, how do you really figure that out? Right now, uh, in addition to a couple service providers, I'm also trying to figure out like which software is better to meet my needs for this client experience, for this client process. Like there are so many options out there and there's a lot of advice and a lot of feedback in different ways. And realistically, I cannot try all of these things. I can't keep hopping around. I have to settle on an option, pick the best thing and just choose. So the last little event uh, that sparked this podcast idea for me was a recent client I worked with who I know was considering considering me and also two of my competitors. So like I had the chance to set myself apart as a service provider because I knew that I could help her with what she needed. And I also thought that I could offer something that the other two could not. So at the end of the day, I will say, for her, I don't think that price was the deciding factor. And I want to touch on that in this episode as well. So we'll get into that too. At some point or another, as a small business owner, most of us will need to employ the help of a service provider in our business. Like even if you can do everything in your business, no, let me let me reframe that. Even if you think you can do everything in yourself in your business, you probably shouldn't. And in some cases, you probably can't. So there are a couple like, you know, here are some examples of service providers, I guess, that you might find yourself in search of. Coaches and consultants, web designers, copywriters and content writers, graphic designers, bookkeepers, podcast editors or producers, uh, photographers, marketing experts, financial advisors, lawyers, HR professionals. The list goes on and on and on. So Today, I want to talk about like what helps us decide how do you choose the right business advisor? How do you choose the right graphic designer? How do you choose the right copywriter, right CPA? And I'm not going to speak to specific industries, but my hope is that this podcast will help you to evaluate some of the important factors when making your decision so you can choose the right service provider for you and your business. And what I want is for you to be able to sit firmly in your decision like Jason and I did in choosing that family gathering and know that you did what was best for you now and also for looking at your big picture. So to start, um, I just want to also share three 
benefits of choosing. Like here's the thing, we can sit in flux, we can sit in the in-between and and procrastinate by not knowing what to, where to make the decision, but there are three distinct benefits of actually making a decision. Number one, making a decision propels you forward. When you are sitting there in indecision or you're like constantly in weighing it out mode, you're not getting the results. You're not moving forward. And it's important to remember that no decision, this is not my quote, I have no idea whose quote it is, but no decision is still a decision. No action is still action. It's just a decision or action not to take the action that's getting you the outcome you want. In some cases, maybe that is totally fine, but it's important to realize it because when you don't make a decision, it can really slow you down in growth and momentum. Uh, The second benefit of actually choosing is that making a decision helps you to be more present. So I find that you know, when you make a choice, when, when you're in the process of trying to decide, your brain is sort of like sifting through all the data, going back and forth of where you are, where you could be. Um, but when you make that choice and you eliminate the other options, your brain is no longer kind of going on that roller coaster. You have made your decision. You've drawn your line in the sand. And I have personally experienced this recently where I was trying to make a huge decision. I was going back and forth in all these different directions. And finally, when I made my decision, I felt like a giant weight was off of my shoulders. And now even when the opportunity comes up to kind of like go a different way, I feel so settled in where I've decided to go. Um, You can really only be like where you are. So I think that once you do decide, once you do choose, it helps you to be more present and then you move forward from that place. You move forward more fully. And then number three, the other benefit is that really making a decision helps other people move on. Like if you are a service provider and you're you're sitting around waiting on a, a potential client to make a decision, it can be excruciating and it can hold you back from, let's say, like say you're, you're possibly booking out time in your calendar for this next client, you might have to turn down another client. Um, so knowing that as a, as a, on the client side, like if you are holding up a service provider because it's taking you forever to make a decision, that's not helping them either. Um, whatever your decision is, whether it be to work with them or not to work with them, letting them know of that decision helps them to carry on, go find their next client or get excited that they get to work with you. And and let me just say this, if it is going to take you a little bit longer, just let them know that so that they can also like that is also a little like, okay, I'm going to move on to this next thing. And then they can be clear about what those expectations are on their end. So That's my argument for why, Uh, even if you're feeling back and forth about something, it does benefit you and it also benefits others around you to make a choice. All right. So with that, with my my argument uh, in place, let's get to it. If you're part of um, entrepreneurial Facebook groups, and if you're not, we will get to that at the end, Um, but perhaps you have seen a post that goes something like this. Hey, does anyone know of a good commercial interior designer or ISO, which is short for in search of a photographer in the Newton area looking for recommendations for a content writer? Thanks. Thanks in advance. Um, If you're part of one of these entrepreneurial Facebook groups, I'm sure you have seen posts like this. Um, 
but here's my questions, okay? Like when people make those posts, well, what exactly constitutes a good designer? And like, what do I do if there's 30 photographers in the Newton area alone? And also, what type of content is the writer going to be writing? Like, it's very, those asks are often so vague, right? And I love these posts. I love them because they they do help us to connect to the service providers. And I also participate in these posts regularly. Like, I love chiming in when I know somebody that can offer the service someone needs or if I'm the person that can offer the service somebody needs. But as the poster, so often you'll get, tons of suggestions and then you have to weed through them all and figure out which one is the best for you. So it's like, um, okay, great. Now I have 30 people, sometimes more, that have dropped their websites, social media, and email addresses into the comments and now I have to decide. Now I have to choose between all of these people. So I'm, I can't make any guarantees about this podcast for you, uh, this episode, but I think that I can help you with your decision making when it comes to this process of hiring the right service provider for you. And I also want to touch on what can go wrong when we choose the right service provider. And realistically, like this is some of the fear behind it, right? When we choose service providers that aren't a great fit for us, this is often what I see happening. First of all, um, if you choose somebody that you just like, right? Or, oh, they just had a good vibe. I just like their personality. Or the price is low and that's why you chose them. Those things can actually be decision-making factors that end up leaving you dissatisfied if you were expecting something else as a result. If either party is not clear on the expectations going in, you might end up being dissatisfied. And what I sometimes see on the service provider end is that they're actually over-promising and under-delivering, or they're not reliable, or they're promising the world and, and, and then just dropping the ball and leaving it hanging. Now, these mistakes, as business owners, they come as a pr- at a price. And I think that when we are let down by service providers, it can ruin our um, decisions, like it can make it harder to make the decision moving forward because we don't want to get burned again, right? It can also ruin relationships. It can ruin future referrals. And like I said, like it can ruin your uh, future experience. You're just like always worried about making the right choice. So from the business owner side of things, I also see two other things happening. One is that people over expect and overestimate what they're getting for what they're paying. People want an overnight logo and a brand that's also well thought and hand drawn and includes five revisions, but they only want to pay a song and dance. Or they want an overnight website with SEO and they also want you available for their every need on a whim and the most beautiful copy. Oh, and also three other projects to add to that too, but they only want to pay $10 an hour. I'm not saying everything needs to be expensive. I'm saying that low prices often come at a price. So remember the story I told you last week about the haircut? If you didn't hear it, basically a guy paid 10 bucks for a bad haircut. Then he had to pay 25 bucks for another bad haircut that was supposed to fix the first bad haircut. And finally, he ended up having to pay 40 bucks to get it done properly. Now, if he had just understood that quality work takes years of experience and sometimes comes at a higher price, he would have saved himself um, the $35 plus tip by just doing it right the first time. All that said, 
if it's okay also if price is your deciding factor because sometimes it is and some situations it needs to be only you get to choose like where price is the deciding factor for you and where it's not lastly the other thing I see people doing uh, is not holding up their end of the bargain as a client they might not or as a service provider right so they might not be returning things when they need to be. They might not reply to things. They might not take actions that they need to or implement or be committed to being part of the process. And in the end, somebody ends up dissatisfied. But here's the good news. I know that was like, you're like, oh my God, that was a lot of bad news about service providers, Emily. But here's the good news. These are all things that you can help to avoid by simply asking the right questions gaining clarity and really understanding uh, what you're looking for and what you need at the beginning of the relationship. So first and foremost, you need clarity on your direction and also the desired outcome. Like what are you really struggling with? What are you trying to find a solution to? And what is most important to you? In the case of, let's use the oh, a web designer for an example. What is most important to you? Do you want functionality or is this kind of like more something where you just want an aesthetically pleasing site? What's more important? Or maybe both are equally important and you want somebody that's going to provide both of those things equally well. With a copywriter, for example, do you need somebody to be able to write a sales page or Are you kind of looking for more social media posts that connect and nurture and blogs? Do you want somebody to help you find your brand voice and tone? Or do you already have that and you actually kind of want your website and your blogs jam-packed full of SEO words? Um, Or maybe you need both. With a graphic or brand designer, are you looking for that speedy logo overnight? Or do you want somebody that really hears you, sees you, understands your message and mission, and knows how to put your personality into a beautiful brand? Do you need the least expensive? Is price not a factor at all? Um, Thinking about a coach, a coaching type of relationship, like are you looking for clear recommendations and a mapped out plan and strategy? Or do you just kind of need like a little bit of guidance and then and some mindset and then you'll dance to the beat of your own drum? Do you want to really focus on lifestyle and self-care and like your habits? Or are you really looking to hone in on the, the marketing in your business and get know-how? Get clear on what you're looking for going in and it's automatically gonna help you Um, make this decision with so much more ease and eliminate some of the options. So I, I literally would encourage you to just like sit down and start by making a list of what is most important to you. What are you looking to gain out of working with a service provider or choosing this software or, um, hiring somebody in your business? What do you want to feel after you're done working with them? So what are you really looking to like accomplish? Let's say I'll use this example of my client experience software. I really want something that's going to help me streamline my client process. Currently, I send them links, documents, contracts, forms, and they kind of come like all different places and all rapid fire. And I do not want it to all 
I, I want it to all look the same and come in like a very specific order with one thing triggering the next thing in the series, right? And I also, I don't want to be the one to do that. Like that shouldn't be a manual process. I also don't, I know that I don't do well with complicated tech. I don't want to pay someone to set it up. I want to set it up myself. So I need something that I can easily set up myself. And I don't want to pay a ton of money. Um, I also want something that like, if it goes wrong, I'm able to talk to one of my business friends. So like, I would like to find a, something that's common enough where other people have had experience with it. And if if something comes up, we can kind of like talk about it together. So that those are sort of like my criteria. And that's a tall ask, right? So that like automatically eliminates a lot of my options. So the next step is to actually gather those options, gather your list, gather your data after you've, you know, pulled that Facebook group, which again, Facebook groups are brilliant for this. And sometimes they're the best place to create that big, big list of options. Other times, the names of service providers, they are going to come through Google searches or referrals or maybe even Instagram or friends or colleagues. But after you've compiled a list, put it all together somewhere. Um, And then I would encourage you to quickly like do this. This is kind of like where you have to take action, right? I would encourage you to try to bring your list down to no more than four options I find that more than that, you kind of are going to drive yourself nuts. Uh, So, you know, we've probably all been there with like staring at the hundred plus ice cream flavors on the board at the ice cream place. And we're like, I have no idea where to even start. But if there's only four to choose from, it makes it a lot easier to take a step and know what you like and know what you don't like and know that you want sprinkles or no sprinkles or cone or cup because you have other decisions to make after this. Remember that. Um, so after I kind of nail this down to, I would say like, truly try to keep this under five. Um, but then you're going to check out like websites, social media, anything else that helps you remove a couple more people from that list. So you can narrow down the process a little bit, narrow down the pool of who you're trying to make a decision between. One thing that is important for me, and it might not be important for everybody is, I really like somebody to have an online presence because I like to investigate them a little bit and investigate the process a little bit and know what I'm getting into before I just jump on a call. Like it's really hard for me when somebody is just word of mouth and they have no website and no social media and I just have to pick up the phone and call them or send them an email and then move to a Zoom chat. You know, I like to be prepared for a conversation going in, know more about them, know about what they're offering and personally, I use this opportunity to make sure that they're actually offering what I need. Like sometimes there's just so many bells and whistles, but you don't even actually need what they're offering or they've been referred to you for a certain thing and it's just kind of not, it's it's outside of scope. So I can't even tell you like how many referrals I've gotten where people don't understand what I was asking for or what the person that they referred actually does. And then you're both just like stuck on a call that has nothing to do with anything. And I'm not going to say it was a waste of time because maybe you are going to refer them to the right people down the road, but it's kind of a waste of both parties time, especially if you're looking to take that next step and make the decision. Now, if you do have a budget in mind um, or like a you know, an idea of what you're going to be spending and the person's pricing is readily available, you might check that out too. But I want to say, remember 
that not all pricing is straightforward and easy. Uh, For example, I go back and I don't put my pricing on my website for many of my services because it's all very much project dependent. And when I give somebody a quote, I want to give them the most accurate quote possible. I also want to be sure to meet as many of their needs as possible. So please do not write somebody off, uh, a service provider off, if there's just no easy to find pricing on their website. That's, you know, if price is a deciding factor, maybe maybe that is what you use to eliminate people. But I would say don't write them off if there's no easy to find pricing. Okay, so once we've really narrowed down that list, I think that The best way to get an understanding of how a person can help you and what they're like to work with is to hop on the phone or on Zoom and meet with them. Uh, Make sure that you are coming to the conversation with a pretty good idea of what you want and need. And sometimes this won't be the case, right? Sometimes you're like, I don't even know what I want and need, but they'll be able to kind of hear what you're struggling with and tell you what you want and need. Um... I I do like to get personally clear on like, all right, this is really what I'm looking for. And sometimes I even make, I have like little lists of like (laughs) things I want and need in certain aspects of my life. So anyway, if you have a good idea of that, uh, chances are the service provider can really guide the call and do the rest during the call. Most service providers know the questions to ask to help you navigate how they can best serve you. Um, And I wanted to share, I recently asked the She Built This group members what they love when working with service providers. And I thought that these were good things to keep in mind, either as a service provider or as somebody that's looking to hire a service provider. So I'm just going to share four of them. Uh, Number one, somebody who listens to your needs and understands what you're looking for. Number two, someone who pays attention to the little details, like they listen for your name and maybe even ask the name of the cat that walks across the keyboard during the call and refers to it later. Somebody that goes the extra mile and sends you a thank you card or an email afterwards to let you know that they appreciated the time that you took with them. And somebody who has a clear commitment to communication, getting you answers and information, and has a process in place to keep you informed throughout the project. A lot of this, I think you can really start to learn on this call. Like you'll know if they listen, you'll know if they're asking questions and paying attention and are curious about you and are really uh, committed to helping you. And then if you're the person after this call that You know, maybe you do get a good feeling and they did check all these boxes, but you kind of need a little more data or social proof. I think that it's okay to ask more questions around what's important to you. And I think that as a service provider, um, we can be ready to give those things up, for example. So let me just, I'm going to go back and then I'll go forward. Um, I personally love being asked questions as a service provider because it gives me a chance to like address any concerns or fears and also share about what makes me unique in my process. So for example, um, some of the questions I've been asked and some of the questions you can ask is for a sample or portfolio of their work. And you can also 
look at, well, are you looking for something more templated or are you looking for something that's very unique to you? Do they have a certain style or can they kind of like adapt to different businesses? Do they even work with your industry? Do they work with your type of business? Um, Another question I think is good to ask and I have been asked is like, well, what are the communication guidelines? What's the process? What if they have a question or an extra idea or here's an important one. What if they want to get on a call after like your initial strategy call? Like how many calls are included in this process? Um, Other things might be like you want client testimonials or reviews. You're kind of curious about how long the process is, how long the project will take, and then of course what the next steps are. So Lastly, um, you're going to be able to gauge on this call, like, do you enjoy their personality? Do they have perspectives and values that align with you? And if they have a system or a framework, like, is it something that you can actually work within? And of course, at the end of the day, um, you, you probably will also factor in the price, right? So these are just all things that you can really learn a lot about their process, who they are, and if it's a good fit for you. Um, and equally important, I think I am, I'm just going to talk about setting yourself apart and then we'll wrap up. But I just want to also touch on equally as important are red flags. Like you also need to be able to see what to avoid when looking for a service provider. So I talked about some of them at the beginning, but uh, I asked the she built this group, what some of their thoughts were, and here's what they came up with. Number one, being a jack of all trades. Like I said above for us as business owners, just because you can do it all doesn't mean you should. And the same goes for service providers. I find so much value and I have so much respect for someone that knows their lane, stays in their lane, um, has proven success in what their specialty area is, and then can deliver impeccably within that container. Uh, number two, overpromising on things that they can't possibly guarantee or deliver. Just run. Just say no. Just run. Um, number three, making you feel judged or less than. And I, I think this is a good one. I typically avoid working with people that use too much language around what I should do, what I need to do, what I can never do or always do. I always, I, I just, find myself tending not to love working with people that make me feel like a hopeless cause and that I'm doing it all wrong because frankly, it's defeating before we even get started. Like even if they're going to step in and save the day, I already feel like completely deflated before we even go. Um, Also, it's okay to, this isn't necessarily a red flag, but like if you just don't like them or you don't get along or something feels off like in your body, it's okay to say no. Many service provider client relationships are interactive and they're one-to-one and a lot of them go on a long time. So I think that it really helps if you like the person who's helping you, if you like the person you're helping, especially if you have to work closely together to help you reach those goals. So I'd love to hear, you know, I'm always adding to this list. Um, I'd love to hear red flags that you have or what you look for in a service provider relationship that you think I should talk about or add or consider next. So make sure to let me know. Uh, You can always email me at emily at emilyaborn.com. And then let's wrap up with talking about service providers. So as service providers, as any business, okay, like as product-based businesses, there's a lot of competition out there. There's lots of people in your industry who do what you do and 
as you're listening to this, maybe panic is setting in. You're like, oh my gosh, you're right. There are so many people for the for my clients to consider working together. But here's the thing. This is a benefit for you, okay? It's First of all, it, it's a good sign that you chose an industry that has a strong need. And um, you can already, like by just listening to this and soaking in what some people are going through in the decision-making process, you can understand some of the fears that they have or the experiences that they've had or the things they're looking for. And then you can get more solid and clear in what you offer, how you deliver it, what makes you different, and then like already you're three steps ahead of your competition. Um, I know that there are tons like oodles of content writers out there. And who knows, some of them might do it the exact way that I do. (laughs) But I stand very strong and firm in my organizational process, uh, which is like impeccable, my reliability, my passion, my curiosity about both my clients and the people that they're speaking to, and my creativity. It's all this like unique package that makes me me, and realistically, nobody else can copy that exact recipe. So while there might be a lot of competition out there, there might even be people doing the exact same thing as you, the exact same way that you do it, but There's only one person with your personality who can connect with people on those calls in the way that you can. And there's only one person with your unique background and skill set and values and beliefs. And if you can get clear on determining what those are, that's how you can help people to make the best decision for them. And of course, You also have the price factor, right? You get to determine the price that you set. And let me just say that, you know, both high prices and low prices can be an equally beneficial selling point. Some people want the best of the best at the highest price. In fact, I've recently heard about somebody who got so sick of his partner scrimping um, and then having to continuously like purchase replacements for various objects that he finally was like, okay, you actually have to have a minimum budget depending on what you're buying. So obviously I know this isn't the case for everybody, but just remember as a service provider, uh, sometimes the higher price is actually a selling point. And sometimes if you have a super, super low price, people are like very suspicious of it. And they're like, um, did you just start your business yesterday? So just considering that like a higher price can be a selling point and it can also give you more freedom and more flexibility to be able to offer more, be able to provide more value, be more thorough, take more time and attention. And at the end of the day, really just show up better for your clients. So it's not all about price for your clients, um, typically, and it shouldn't be all about price for you. You really have to factor in like the unique value of what you're offering, whether or not you are the person who is delivering what you said you would, and looking at what that experience is that you're providing along the way, because that's a huge piece of it. That is really how we set ourselves apart. So to wrap things up, I just want to say that, you know, sometimes it is so, it is such a good reminder uh, that we need to let go of certain things. So let me explain, like we truly cannot do everything in our business. And if we can, we should not do everything in our business. Sometimes we need to let go of doing all the things, delegate, find solutions to problems. Um, 
Jody Gallant and I right now are working together to plan the She Built This Lakes Region event in Laconia, New Hampshire on September 29th. And I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes. But we're in the process of putting together the programs for the evening, like the little booklet that you get when you walk in the door, you know? Now, I've always put together the programs for my own events, like no problem. But at the same time, it takes me hours. And it's painstaking, and I'm not a graphic designer. So it what it ends up looking like is that a content writer tried to design something and potentially used finger paints or Canva, can't be sure. Um, but anyway, I am frequently guilty of doing this. So Jody sent me a message recently about, you know, like getting together all of the assets for the design for the programs. And I was like, oh, don't worry, don't worry. I got this. I can do the programs. And Jody is so eloquent and gracious. And she basically stepped in and was like, okay, it's okay to let go of this. Um, it's not a strength, like it, it wasn't a strength of mine. And so letting go of it and letting somebody else do it who can do it faster and better first of all, it's helping her grow her business as a designer, right? Because we're giving her the business. And it also helps me in my business because I get to spend more time focusing on my client work rather than finagling copy into the right places and headshots and making sure that everything is left and right justified, which quite frankly, I'm terrible at. So sometimes looking at what we need to let go of and delegate, like it's going to clue you in as to where you are going to put those resources into your business and get help hire service providers. The other thing we sometimes need to let go of is the nice to haves. If you are on a budget or you are looking to bring in multiple resources, right, that are like all working together, Sometimes you need to let go of the nice-to-haves and focus on the need-to-haves for now. You can always get the nice-to-haves later. You can usually add on or upgrade down the road. Um, This is not, I'm not talking about not doing things the right way the first time. I'm talking of just about getting clear on what you really need right now if your resources are limited, and then working those nice-to-haves into the plan for the future. So to sum it all up, to wrap it all up, we went a lot of places. But when choosing the right service provider for you, I really encourage you to tap into your resources, look at the community around you for help, support, feedback, insight, and use some of that to help you narrow down and make your decision. Well, at the end of the day, the choice is yours. And in some cases, only yours. I I am a strong believer that you don't need to make it alone. And tapping into a community and the group think they're in can really help you to prevent costly mistakes and give you the best tools and resources for the job, the particular job that you need help with. This, my friends, brings me to the fact that this is like one of the secret sauces and magical pieces of being a part of a community like she built this. And so for those of you who don't know or listen to the podcast regularly, um, in addition to being the host of this podcast and a content writer, I'm also the founder of She Built This, which is like a hive mind of like-minded, positive women entrepreneurs who are building their dreams together. So if you're unfamiliar with the group and you're like, ooh, I really could use a group think tank when it comes to choosing the right service providers, knowing who to hire, 
helping myself not get burned, um, I encourage you to check us out and join our free Facebook community by visiting shebuiltthis.org. And remember, as the big reminder of today, you might be able to do it all. You probably can do a whole lot of it, but that does not always mean you should. Um, I would love to hear from you as to whether or not this episode was helpful for you, what you might use as a criteria when you're choosing service providers right now in your own business. And um, I always welcome people to just email me, like just send me a personal email at emily at emilyaborn.com. Um, also, if you wrote me a review on the Apple podcast app, I would super greatly appreciate it. Wouldn't hate it. All right. I'm going to let you go, uh, but I can't wait to chat with you next week. This was super fun. I hope you agreed, and I will be so curious to hear what kind of decisions you're making in your own business and whether or not what criteria you use to make them. Have a great rest of your week. To learn more about She Built This and to join our community and get involved for yourself, visit www.shebuiltthis.org.